Hey everyone, this is episode 34 of Griff's Brain Dump, and this is me, Griff. Obviously, did you? Oh, did you put up your headphones there? That does blow out your eardrums. I'm not even sorry. How's everyone doing? Good. This is being recorded really late on a Sunday. I've been busy today and yesterday. I was at a comedy competition, the Leicester Square New Comedian of the Year competition which i got to the semi-final of last year which means i could re-enter this year but i didn't get through the first round so does that mean i become a shitter comedian huh so what it means should i just give up comedy now hmm <laughs> no no it doesn't mean that it just means that there was other comedians that was funny that night there was fun it was good standard um and I'm not bothered by it because I don't have that first year of comedy optimism. See, when you first start in comedy, right, you enter competitions, not for experience, not for just a chance to perform in front of a real audience or have a professional setup when performing. No, you enter these competitions with this ridiculous belief that one, that if you win this competition, if you're merely seen in this competition, someone will see you and you'll end up at the flipping Apollo in a few months' time. <laughs> Just fast track. My five minutes of likeable material is going to fast track me to 20 minutes live with the Apollo. It's what I deserve. There's been no other comedians before me who's had an all right five minutes. That's, that's that's a delusion you have. So, I've been in the game, the game, for long enough. Not long, but long enough to know it's a long, long, long haul. So, not getting through on this competition is actually fine. It's fine. I'm just happy for the people to go through because they were funny. They're absolutely fine. I didn't pick up any names after picking them up on Facebook and do the Facebook ad thing. I, think like, I had a cull of all my Facebook friends when I left uni. Right? I had like 900 odd friends on Facebook. Got rid of 450. Easy. Because so that was back in the day where Facebook just started, really. And um, you'd say, one of your friends would bring a friend from home to uni. And you had a good night. Don't you remember that time when we drank beer together? Yo, we need to be friends on Facebook. Because I know we've got nothing in common, but you remember that one time? Hmm? Then three months later, you look for your friends list and it says, like, Stephen Reynolds has got engaged to, like, Sophie something. Like, who the hell is Stephen Reynolds? Do I know Sophie? See, it's at that moment when you have to click through their pictures. Just delete that person as a friend. Just get rid of them. And I got rid of all those type of people. And as I started doing comedy. And then I've just added people and added people and added people. But that's called networking, people. Networking. It's different. It's different from my uni days of being a big friend. <laughs> But, hey, what's happened this week? What's happened in my week? Um, what has happened in my week? 
I'm not going to do an itemised week because I can't really remember what the hell happened um, this week at all. Not really. But I'll tell you what I did do. I went to see It yesterday. Pennywise the Dancing Clown. It. Now, here's my assessment of It. If you're not scared of clowns, you won't find this film scary. <laughs> it's, that is the only scary element of it, is clowns. And I'm okay with clowns. I used to not like clowns when I was younger. Real story. Um, I remember it was Laura Smith's fifth birthday. She was my neighbour. I went across the road with my mum. We knocked on the front door. Now, the way that her houses are in my street is from the front door, you, you can look straight down. The, it's like a straight pathway from the, down the hall, through the kitchen, back door to the garden. So all those doors are open. Front door kitchen door and the back door all open so we knock on the front door boom and i can see just this paradise of joy that i can see there's ice creams there's ice creams and bouncy castles and balloons so all that stuff that just makes a five-year-old go nuts there's birthday cake face paints Bouncy castle, balloons. Did I say there was balloons? So I'm like dragging at my mum's arm. Like, mum, 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 you gotta let me go. You gotta let me go. I haven't had this sugar yet, but whoa, look at all that stuff's happening in the garden. Let go of me, mum. She kind of looks at me to go. Usually I'll tell you to calm down, but do you know what? Yes, this is your friend's fifth birthday. Go, go, just go play with the kids. I'm gonna talk to Laura's mum, have some adult talk. You know, we talk about mortgages and and car tax or whatever adults spoke about. I don't know what actually I don't know what adults talk about. I'm I'm an adult now. Anyway, back to the narrative flow before I ruin it. So I'm there and I let go of my mum's arm and I sprint towards the garden. And as I step foot in that garden, out of nowhere, a clown jumps out into my pathway. And just goes, hello, Darren, waving his hands, screams straight in my face. I stand there. I go, couldn't even breathe, just hyperventilate, spin on my heels, run back towards my mum, just screaming, screaming. I am petrified. I'm crying. And he comes up to me, he goes, hey. Don't worry, it's me. It's Terry. It's Laura's dad. Hey? Don't worry. <laughs> I was just... I wasn't having any of it. I'm having a bar. You ain't Terry. Piss off. You're a clown. And the scary one at that. I was like, that's it. I'm done with clowns. I'm done with this party. I can't even set foot to that paradise in the back garden again. If something like that happens again, I'm done. I can't do it. They assured me it wasn't going to happen again. I didn't believe them. So from then on, I was like, I'm done with clowns. Clowns can go fuck themselves. I'm done. Me and clowns are over. You know, then my mum got me a porcelain clown. I'm not sure what kind of psychology book she read. This really creepy porcelain clown. She's clown, sorry. She sat in our living room in the cabinet. You know, back in the day, people had cabinets. 
These parents are old enough to have cabinets for no reason. What's in the cabinet? I've got some plates that no one can use. I've got some glasses that no one can use. Oh, what's this? It's all some alcohol that nobody can drink. Don't touch that. That's my that's my rum. Mum, you don't even drink. Just boss open the rum. No. No. That was a present from your uncle that he brought back from Jamaica. Yes, mum. In 1986. You're acting like my uncle's dead. No, he's he's there. He's saying, boss open the bottle. How have you not opened it? Yeah, like... But in that cabinet, as I was saying, there was a clown. And just me having to stare at this creepy clown every day just kind of desensitised me to clowns. And then we fast forward to 2017 and I watch It. And I'm just like, nah. It's a confusing film. They had like really light touches on really serious like stuff, like child abuse and molestation. Not from the clown, from other characters. It didn't really add to the story, though. It's like they're trying to be deep, but yeah, I can't really be bothered. I'm going to hint that this kid has been molested, but there's no reason why. I just didn't get it. Here's a spoiler alert for the film. I didn't get why the clown was stealing kids. Like Maybe I'm an idiot and I don't, I don't understand the simple premise of this film. Or maybe I missed something. But it's like this clown was just evil for hundreds of years for no reason, no motive. I need motive. I don't get those characters in those films, man. So what's your aim? You got like your protagonist who just literally has to fight the bad guy. That's his that's his sole thing. But the bad guy, what's his thing? He wants to destroy the world. What the very world that he lives in as well makes no sense. I understand if you want to take over the world. You want to make your people the superior people. I don't agree with that, but I get it. There's precedent set. Check Europe's history. You know, you want to be the dominant group of people. I get that. But to want to destroy the whole world and leave nothing behind. We're just evil. Evil. And we're going to crush the world. Is that for what? We've never actually taken time to review our business plan. It's like, let's, let's have a think about it. And I think it's one of those films, because I saw the kid, there's like, definitely kids who are under 15 in this film anyway. Making loads of noise. There's like a few uh, people my age or older, tutting and sighing. Because these kids were screaming at everything. Screaming, jumping at everything. You hear these people talking, oh, God, these kids, these bad kids. It's like, dude, you're in a fucking kids' film. Like, shut up. Yeah, it's a 15, but you know 12-year-olds or 13-year-olds are going to try and sneak in to see it. And that's what they did. And I'm not sure if this is going to be one of those films where these kids are traumatised from watching it when they're 13. Like the previous generation of people watched the first It, which I haven't seen. And they're going to tell their kids, oh, my God, it's the scariest film ever. And then their kids going to watch the film and just lose all respect for their parents. Like, really? Really? Is this is this what scared you? Is this why we can't go to the circus? A few years ago when I was eight years old. Really, Dad? Really? 
yourself what's going to happen. Remember my brother tried to make me watch The Thing. I could only watch 10 minutes of it. Not because I was scared. The film was just too shit. I think that's what happened with it as well. Just a shit film. But let's talk about what stuff's actually been happening in the week. A lot of stuff's just carried on from last week, you know. Like uh, Kevin Hart. Hey, how about Kevin Hart? I've actually now seen an extended video um, where the man alleged to be Kevin Hart um, is actually walking around and talking. And um, I mean, I'm still not sure it's him. But if it is him, then we need to talk seriously about the vicious crime that happened to that man. He is a victim. As Charlemagne said, on and, and Andrew Schultz said, brilliant idiots. As Travis J brilliantly articulated in his video of Black Men Don't Cheat. You may have heard him mention that on this podcast. And it's true. Um, be looking at a victim here. Let's reverse the gender roles, what happened, okay? Let's say that a man wants to have sex with a famous woman. So he waits till... She's drunk enough and high enough to get her back to the room. And there's not just him, but a friend as well. Start having sex with her. And she's drunk and she's high. And not only do they do that, they then film it. Not only do they then film it, then try to bribe her, extort her. For what happened in that room. Now tell me how disgusting that sounds. I'll say that's two men doing it to a woman. But two women doing it to a man. To a man I mean. Then everyone's like oh. That man's a dog. He is a victim. Okay. He is a victim. He And people go why didn't he just say. His apology doesn't mention him being taken advantage of. Doesn't say he was sexually assaulted or raped. I mean, he's a black man. A famous, rich, powerful black man. He's not going to go on TV and start saying, I was taken advantage of. You tried to stay strong, but Kevin, you don't have to stay strong. You don't have to stay strong, Kevin. We know you're innocent. Okay? He's talking about you, real. Pow, here it is, Kevin Hart. Um, I didn't cheat. Um, here's my rib, pow. Wasn't me in the video. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, and here's the thing, I, I've i always backed him in this story, I don't know why, I don't know why, my instinct says he's somehow innocent, even though all the evidence points, and partial evidence points to him not being innocent, there's something in the back of my mind that says we're going to get more information, and it's going to come out that he's innocent, somehow. And um, what's added to that more is the fact that the defendant, well, I mean the defendant, sorry, the, the extorter, extortioner, extortioner. Well, I don't know what they call someone who extorts people. But anyway, her, she's now claimed to be the victim. And you know what happened. Because she asked for 15 million. And Kevin Hart's like, nope. I don't have that money, so how about I just call the FBI? This is much easier if I just tell my wife a story. 
apologise, not for cheating, just apologise for the situation and then just called the FBI. And then a the woman now goes, oh, I, 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 I didn't film it. I, 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 it wasn't me who was trying to extort, extort him. No. Actually, I'm the victim too because I didn't know that was being filmed. I thought I was having a nice romantic affair with a famous comedian. <laughs> so, it's just such a lie. And then just when I thought, I, nah, maybe she might be right. Maybe, maybe I believe her. Then I see who her bloody attorney is. Lisa Bloom. The same Lisa Bloom that's defending Black China against Rob. The same Lisa Bloom that is the, that defended Quantasia, who one of my friends referred to as that continent, Quantasia. <laughs> I can't mention their name because of the job they do and the reputation they have, they, they can't be linked to that kind of joke. But it was hilarious. And, um, man, so you got this person in your corner. You know when you're trying not to look guilty? And then you have that person called Like any black person back in the early 90s committed a crime. People are like, no, they're innocent. They could be innocent. And then when they see that Johnny Cochran's represent them, they're like, no, nah, this guy did it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, this guy did it, but he's going to get off. Because he's going to talk about race. But, like Lisa Bloom has even got a terrible screening process like it's a terrible kyc know your client process that just takes on these ropey women or she just doesn't care her fees like not based on a positive outcome it's just a straight retainer it's got to be that so why is it always this woman is she the only female attorney out there or is she the only female attorney out there who will touch these cases? She's a bottom feeder. But we'll see what happens, man, because at the end of the day, he's going to stay rich, Kevin Hart. Um, he's going to keep on making money, keep on making films. And we're going to carry on watching him because we are fickle like that. You know what I mean? That's just how we are. But what else happened this week? Uh, Rio Ferdinand. He started boxing. See that from defender to contender. Now, I mean, boxing. I don't know why people take boxing like for a joke because you can really end up brain damaged and just like broken if you're not good at boxing. So to make all your money and live your life and then get to 38, remember, you're not poor. You're not trying to like fight your way out of poverty here. And you want to pick up boxing at 38. Now, he said this is going to help with his anger and grieving for his wife. I'm not going to tell anyone how to grieve, all right? You know, that's that's his wife. I've never lost a wife. Um, but, dude, there's got to be a better way to grieve. A way that doesn't result in you being punched in the head. A lot. And, he, and he's not just trying to do this one fight. He wants to become an English champion. And what I understand is, right, is this. You got people boxing for, like, years of their life, like, doing, like, the amateur route. 
fighting there for like five years, then you just get your first like pro boxing thing. You get some guys who have to win a bloody Olympic gold medal before they step into a professional fight. Or you just be a man from Peckham, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's why Ferdinand's got it. Because he's just a man from Peckham. Peckham. He's like, yeah, I want to bang man out, isn't it? It's nothing. That's why, because he's a man from Peckham. That's why, because just let him in the rig. If you're from South, maybe not South, from just certain areas in London, then they're going to just let you, just let you in the ring. You've already got your credentials. You're certified. Annie Joshua, yeah. All right. You're from Watford, mate. Go get a gold medal first. Then you can step into the ring. Now I know you're a fighter. Rio Ferdinand? Nah, mate, you're a footballer. What, what? What's that, mate? Peckham? Oh, what? why didn't you say that in the first place? Say, get the gloves. I'm getting the bloody ring. Stop being silly. Fucking soppy bollocks. Get in the ring. You know, the... I don't know how someone could just do that. But apparently his sparring's going well. It's going well. Um, and then what else happened this week is, well, so I saw and, um, I work at Canary Wharf and I saw that on the Reuters building, they said sixth arrest in link to the Parsons Green incident, attack, bomb. Listen, that bomb was hardly a bomb, right? So all I know is six people weren't involved. I've seen big, large-scale terror attacks and they could only arrest four people. You're trying to tell me six people involved in a bloody paint can in a Lidl's bag. Come on now. This is like back at uni where you had... You know these guys who had the group work? You did fuck all work, but you had to give them equal percent credit. This is what I feel like. This is some kind of uni project of a bomb. Yeah, Red, this ain't a real bomb. This ain't a professional bomb. This ain't even uni. This is A-level bomb. GCSE bomb. Sats. Key stage tooting. It's not a bomb. Play school bomb. Flipping paint on your hand. And put it on the paper. And get the teacher to write two mummy on it. Level bomb. And you're trying to tell me six people are involved in this. I'm not believing you. There are some people taking credit who didn't really contribute. Like one guy actually provided like the Lidl's bag. That's it. They're trying to say, yeah, I made the bomb in it. Because no, no. Come on now. I not no, I, I made the bomb too. No, you didn't, mate. I did. I went Lidl's, in it? Yeah? So it's from my mum's kitchen. Where'd you get the Lidl's bag from? Exactly, my mum's kitchen. So give me credit, I made that bomb too. I mean, people are just begging it. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know, now six people were arrested. I feel like that was a story that was attempted to distract us from other things. But we just didn't care enough. Yeah, you know? he didn't care. So you know, whatever, whatever. But um, I said I don't want to go on too long because it is late. It's late out here. Um, but <laughs> we had like Uber. Got Uber going on this week, man. That was a bit mad. 
if you don't know, Uber's got their license. License is going to be renewed for TFL. And um, meaning Uber might stop operating from the 30th of September. Now, I've seen this from every angle. Well, no, no, that's a lie. That's, that's very arrogant of me. I can't have seen this from every angle. I've seen this from many angles, all right? From your pro TFL side, okay? Uber not keeping up with the regulations. They're in frequent breach of it. They don't um, ensure passenger safety. They don't do background checks on drivers. You know, you could actually have some rapist driving you around. Yeah? A murderer. One of these really weird people who's going to just pull you down an alleyway and just, like, eat you. While you're alive. Like, just from, from the liver outwards. Start eating you. That's the type of guy who could be driving you around. You just want to lift down the road. And he's going, wait, let me just put it into Google Maps. So, mate, it's just, it's just a straight road. I've seen some of these Uber drivers with like 10 fucking screens in front of them. All these different apps. All these sat-navs. Different sat-nav apps in their phone. Trying to find their way on a two-mile journey. Because the black cab drivers have got to do the knowledge. I respect that. Right, then chuck a left down that street. Chuck a right. Go down there, third right. Pass the rad back. Do a left. Oh, wait, no, there's roadworks there on Tuesday. So wait a minute, what you want to do? Reverse. One way street or your left. So don't go down. It's that. That is. That's quality, that. That's proper qualifications. And I can see it from both sides, man. Because that's like, because a lot of people going from the pro Uber side, like, why do you need the, why do you need the knowledge when you've got bloody Google Maps showing you the way? I'm like, cool, cool, cool. But who do you want to be operating on you if you went to hospital? The guy who knows how to do a bloody heart bypass or the guy who's got Google open Going, all right, so what I need to do is insert the scalpel here in the left ventricle. Ah, cut. Oh, shit. Right ventricle. Right ventricle. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, no, no. Oh. Flatline. Okay, when we we call and do Steph? 17.32. All right. Well, it's a Friday, so let's go get drinks. (laughs) Like, that's the equivalent. I see it from that way. But I also see it from the way that it's like trying to sue Apple and ban, like, MacBooks because we need to protect the typewriting industry. You know, you've got to let some shit go. Gotta let some shit go. And here's the messed up thing, the conflict of interest, right? Because TFL is the regulatory body, but also the competition for Uber. And now someone sent me a link that um, Uber's bill to do their license, that'll be £3 million. 
which is a kind of it's a drop in the ocean for someone like Uber. Although they are a loss-making company like most tech companies. So how successful are they really? But I'll tell you what though, Uber Geddon all over my Facebook. People are like, no! Fuck you, TFL. How am I going to get home now? Use another taxi hailing service. There's there's a lot out there. Or you can use a night bus. Or night tube. Or... You know, goes that little, little door that's open there. Little Somali guy, you know, Wasim, Wasim Al Muhammad. They'll drive you home for the same price. And if you're scared of them, then you're just a racist because they're just as legit as an Uber driver. <laughs> just put your sat on, put your locations on, and there you go. That's the, they've had just the same amount of background checks, so you're just a racist. You don't want to get into Wasib's car. And he says, hey, but wait a minute, I'm going to need to stop over Abdul's. What are you going to do then? Hey, you can't be scared of that if you're not scared of Uber. Well, I know, man. It's just, um, it's interesting from like case law, corporate. Like, I'd love to be doing um, like A-level business right now and seeing something like this Uber thing. You know that's going to become one of those sto- one of those uh, case studies. It's going to be textbook stuff when this comes out. But you need to ensure passenger safety, man. As well as the drivers, to be fair. Because if the driver's got some that condition they're not aware of because they don't have any health screening, then they're in danger. And also in danger of like messed up accusations from uh, passengers. Here's one... For example, for example, um, the the headline is this: Students fake sex attack claim after kebab row 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 in taxi. A would-be police officer, Fed five o so so nine, a police officer who lied about being sexually assaulted by a taxi driver after he refused to accept a kebab-soaked ten-pound note. Has been jailed. Fucking good. Criminology student Sophie Poynton was told her malicious complaint has done a huge disservice to those seeking justice through the police and courts as she was sent to prison for 16 months by Judge Christopher Batty. Judge Batty. What am do? I'm Judge Batty. Oh, man. He means a Jamaican judge on a sexual harassment case in the, in like in the workplace. And what did, what did, um, what did Mr. Roberts do, Miss Reynolds? Well, um, Mr. Roberts, he stared at my bottom and passed inappropriate comments about it. Objection, I didn't do any such thing. Order, order. Nobody talking my cart. You know, me, me are the one judge, Batty. Me, judge, Batty. 
Oh, dear. Anyway, 22-year-old um, rang police and said she had been attacked in the back of a cab after a night out in Leeds City Centre in April 22. She continued the, the deception by giving a statement of the fictitious attack. My brain's shutting down. It's getting late. The driver, a father of five, was kept in custody for six hours and was able to work for four weeks during the investigation into the claim. Kate Bissett, prosecuting, said um, he recalled Poynton being extremely drunk when she got into his car, holding a kebab and threw a £10 note at him, which he refused to accept as it was covered in oil from the takeaway. Now, um, again, I mean, like, if someone gave me an oil-soaked tenner, I'm, I'll, I'll just take the tenner. Um, I mean, it's my right to refuse it, though. But I'll just take it. Uh, the driver said Poynton then became abusive and ran around the car opening doors. Now <laughs> we've all been there. Come on now. No? Just me? Nah, fuck off, you're lying. Anyway. He did not think much about it at the time because such incidents with people who are intoxicated are not unusual, uh, Miss Bissett added. Like, I, my mate, he beat up a cab once. <gasps> what? He beat up a cab driver? No, I didn't say that. He beat up the cab, punched the windscreen off and then threw it against the, wind mirror, the windshield. I won't mention his name. Um, he knows who he is. And other people who were there know who... Who, uh, who he is. Now, the reason he beat up the cab was because the cab... <laughs> he, the, he was trying to get into the cab um, where it picked us up from. The cab didn't stop or didn't acknowledge he was holding onto the handle. He fell under the cab and had his foot run over by said cab. The cab, feeling that he's ran over someone's foot, stopped the cab on his foot. As he was stuck under the cab, my other friends climbed over him into the cab and said, thanks for stopping it. That's the type of friends I have and he has. We're all still friends now. It's great. He then gets to the cab and the cab driver starts trying to blame him for being run over and then asks for money. Therefore, my mate lost his temper, got out of the cab and beat up the cab. (laughs) That's one of my favourite cab stories ever. But anyway, back to this horrific story. Um, A recording of a conversation between the driver and the phone operator at his taxi office supported his account. The court heard a GPS tracker fitted to the car also revealed Pointer's description of the taxi journey to be untrue. Um, Pointer broke down in tears and asked if she could drop the charges when her account was challenged by police. She later admitted perverting justice. What a prick. In a victim impact statement, the driver, who is Muslim, why? Oh, right. Fair enough. Okay. I was thinking why they mentioned his uh, religion, but it says said he felt religiously tainted by the false allegation. Friends stopped speaking to me and letting me into their homes, he added. People in my community do not even want to be seen with me. Um, he... He was also now extremely reluctant to take loaned females in case I in case I'm accused again. So shit, man. Um, Denise Breen Lawton, mitigating, said Poynton from Manchester had been studying in Leeds at the time. She said her ambition of training to become a police officer was now ruined. And I think the world is a better place that this cow 
is not going to be a fucking police officer. Just horrific and disgusting. Literally ending a man's career and life. Because you refuse to take your oily £10. Like, did you not have another £10? Because that situation, if it goes... If I try to give money to someone and they refuse it, then I say, well, it's either that or I'm not paying. If you want me to pay for something else, then you've got to facilitate me getting that money. Free of charge. Drive me to a cash point and I'll get you a fresh teller. Fuck it, I'll iron it for you if you want. It's just shit, man. Absolute shit. There's some messed up people in the world. But let's end on a light note. Um, this story I read... Um, where it's a top shop store staff laughed at woman seeking size 18 top. Wee wee. Um, so a top shop customer um, has said she was fat shamed when she asked if the top was available in a size 18. Claire Jones said the worker laughed at her request and told her that the store did not stock plus sizes. She claimed it was a symptom of fashion chains looking down on larger customers and said Topshop had lots of size 4 items that a healthy adult could never get into. Look, listen, now you're skinny shaming because you got fat shamed. There may be some legitimate size, size 4 women. Wait a minute, size 4, wait, what, what is size 4? Size 4 is fucking tidy, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Uh, it's tiny. Well, but still, you can't say they're not healthy without being a doctor, doing or physio or a nutritionist, just a trained professional. Because you got fat shaved, you can't just start calling everyone else unhealthy. Okay. Well, let's continue reading. Um, I had seen a top online, and my friend suggested we go in and see if it, if I could try it on. Said the thirty-year-old who usually fits a size 14 or 16 clothes. I found a top in the 16, but as the style of the top was quite tight, I didn't feel comfortable when I was trying it, so I decided to try an 18. I asked a lady man in the changing room. Why are you bringing men into it? She was a lady lady in the changing room. Anyway, um, I asked a lady man in the changing room if they had a size eight, had size 18s, any size 18s, on the shop floor and she turned to her colleague and started to laugh now that is kind of cold-blooded excuse me i'm just trying to size 16 but it's a bit tight so would you have a size 18 (laughs) (laughs) stace Stace, come here, come here. What this woman here? Listen to what she just asked for. God, sorry, sorry, excuse me. Sorry, um, what what is it again that you asked for? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just saying this size sixteen is a bit tight. So what I'd like is uh, a size eighteen. <laughs> I told you it's funny. I told you it's proper funny. <laughs> no, we don't have that. Anyway. So, <laughs> so she t- she turned around and told me that it did not stock plus size clothing in the store. Their customer assistants, who are meant to be who are meant to help shoppers, not make them feel embarrassed about wanting a bigger size. We 
His Jones from Birmingham said the encounter at the chain store in Nottingham's Victoria Centre did not upset her for long, but other customers might be more sensitive. I'll oh, piss off! Huh! Pretending to be a martyr. You were pissed off. You can't be offended on behalf of other people. I wasn't bothered. I swear I wasn't bothered at all. You know, that's why I'm doing this whole story for a newspaper. Like I was I wasn't affected. You know, I'm just such a nice person that I think about others. Even when they haven't complained, I will complain on their behalf. You know? Because I'm just a bigger person. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't taking the piece out of bigger people. It's just, it was a funny, it was an easy, easy punchline. Just like, fuck off. Anyway, I'm lucky that I'm really happy and confident in my own skin and with how I look. So it hasn't really affected me in the long run. Lies. She said, um, it did make me feel really rubbish on the day and I felt a bit low. I was just worried about how this would affect a younger girl. Oh. She added she would not be visiting the company's store in the future. The company's stores in the future. So Topshop run by property. Portly. Portly Tycoon. Sir Philip Green's Arcadia Group. Declined to comment. Why are you making out he's portly? That Alright, say he is portly. Does that mean... So what? He's portly, so what? He has to make clothes that fit him. It's a bloody woman's shop. Now, what a ridiculous notion. You say, like, Tommy Hilfiger can't design women's clothing. I found these knickers a bit too tight because I couldn't, you know, because they didn't fit me. So Tommy Hilfiger, a man with a penis, wouldn't be able to fit in these knickers either. It's like, what? What's it matter about the size of the designer? Make whatever clothes you want. The chain, ha um, sorry, the chain has sold several clothing collections designed by petite supermodel Kate Moss, who has regularly been photographed with Sir Philip at catwalk shows. So essentially, here's the deal, right? If you want to buy an item of clothing, but it's not in the shop that you've gone into, go to another fucking shop. That's it. I'm not saying people should be fat shamed. I'm not saying people should be made to feel shamed about being different shapes and sizes. No, but not every shop can sell everything. I've got size 12 feet. Not every shop has size 12 in store. I don't then leave the shop and go, Oh my God, i got both feet, but I'm not affected. But I'm worried about other people with big feet and how they may be affected by this in the future. I mean, I'm fine. I'm confident with my feet. But, I mean, there's other people. Long feet, wide feet, no feet. I'm offended for them. Imagine you enter a shop with no feet. Okay? And they're, they're flaunting the fact that they are selling shoes. I, I find that offensive. You know, just like, everyone just stop being offended on other people's behalves. You know? That's what happened in my comedy thing sometimes. I'm telling jokes about race. My personal experiences. 
The room's just filled with such white guilt sometimes that people just go, oh, he said black. <laughs> it's like, stop being offended on people's behalves, man. The gay guys on stage talking about gay stuff didn't come like, oh, well, this, this, may, this may make someone else feel uncomfortable. I'm fine, but someone else may be uncomfortable. No. All right, so Claire Jones, size 16. I hope you found the top you wanted from the shop, from another shop, right? Just next time, just leave and go to another bloody shop. Anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, it's quarter past 11. Time for me to go to bed. See ya!